And I want to speak about your miracle in motion. Because maybe you watch these videos and you think, I want a miracle like that. But then it doesn't happen instantly. And you hear some of the testimonies. There's been some time in the story. There's been some incidences. There's been some occurrences along the way. I want to speak about your miracle in motion because I believe God wants to do miracles. Miracles of healings, miracles of souls, miracles of relationships. He wants to do miracles. And we worship a miracle-working God. And um, I want to speak into that today. There's something that's happened in our house. It's happening quickly, quicker than I anticipated. It's called the visit to the optometrist. <laughs> it started with my wife. I'm, not gonna, I'm following, I'm just saying. But we are going to the optometrist to get her glasses now. Just, I mean, she walked into the cupboard the other day. I think it was the bathroom. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Telling me she's reading the Bible. It was upside down. I mean, it's just getting ridiculous. Um, and uh, and uh, Vision 2020 means something different to us now. It's the year we lost vision. It's, um, and, um, and so I'm following suit. So that's a big thing in our life and our family. Thank you, Vid. And But I want to speak about a man who God restored his vision. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus meets a man in Bethsaida, and he restores his vision. It means he had vision, but he lost it along the way. And Jesus being the miracle working God who breaks into lives, restores, redeems, touches. I want to speak to you this morning just about that miracle and maybe present to you some of the journey towards a miracle as Jesus presents it. You see, what if your miracle that you need wasn't instant, but it was in motion? Always moving. Just God always working. We had an image what that miracle looked like and yet the miracle started a long time before. I want to read from Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It'll be on the screen. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. It's just this very short testimony of what Jesus did in this man's life. And I want to give you three simple points today on maybe your journey to healing. The first point is this, who's in your corner? Who's in your corner? I am... Maybe you're fighting a battle and maybe blindness is your battle or your inability to navigate circumstances, physical realities. I've never been a boxer. I don't mind the idea of being hit. I just don't like being hit here. <laughs> like you can hit me here and I'm happy. You can hit me, I'm happy. Hit me here, I don't like it. I went to MMA training once actually as well. Um, didn't last long. Um, some guy had me more like a pretzel under him with his sweaty armpit on top of my face, and I'm just like, I am out of here. This is not my thing. My thing would be better, I think, in the corner during a fight. I watch those MMA movies, and the guys fight, and they barely make, and the bell goes, and they come to the corner. How devastating would it be to get to the corner after fighting some guy who's just turned you into a pretzel, you get there, and there's just no one there. You're like grabbing your own sponge, like a you're doing that. I don't even know what that metal thing they use in their face. All that, I don't know, pushing the blood away, or I don't know what they're doing. They, um, they're putting Vaseline on the guys. And then someone's telling you about the weakness of your opponent. Someone's encouraging you. Someone's giving you vision. Someone's saying, you can do this. You're going, I feel dead, but I can do this. I mean, what if there was just no one in your corner? That's what this amazing scripture says. You see, because some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Just some people. 
Forbes magazine was speaking about six people you need in your corner to do life. The instigator, the guy who says, come on, you can do this. They, they just, they don't even look at the circumstance. They don't know what's coming at you. They're just going, you can do it. They say the cheerleader. And that's like, you, you're the best. You're like, who are you? I like you. Like, it's, it's yeah, um, the doubter, the, someone's a devil's advocate. Like, you just need to be careful. You need to weigh up your options. The taskmaster, like, you must do this. It's like you must do this. The connector, the one who's linking you with others and making sure they have avenues for you to walk. Or the example, someone who's gone before and just because they are there, their very presence in the fact that they've journeyed that journey. So you're fighting a battle of addiction. Someone who's there with you, just an example of someone, it's there in front of you. The Bible says all of those are good, actually. It's a good list. But there's one big one missing. The person who takes you to Jesus ongoingly, day after day, time after time, circumstance after circumstance, and never stops taking you to Jesus. They don't let you wallow in your self-pity. They remind you there's a journey to Jesus. Come. And the Bible says in this circumstance, they're just some people. See, a couple of things about some people, they got no glory. They got their names not mentioned. They didn't get healing. They didn't get breakthrough. They just brought this guy, and he got all of those things. Who's in your corner? 2020 exposed a lack of people in some people's corners or a lack of people who could take them to places of healing and wholeness and freedom and life. See, we've got on the wall, they reach far. Why? Because we just want to be some people in a great city where one day a story is written about Jesus touching a life and there were just some people who kept bringing them to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6, Paul's incredibly honest. He's writing, just says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. God made it grow. There's no point planting and watering if there's no growth. And he says, it doesn't matter who planted, it doesn't matter who watered, it matters who made it grow, but someone had to plant. And there's this idea that if I just get on with my story and I'm never someone for someone else, I'm never some people for someone else, well, who's planting the seed? Why are you online and have the privilege of sharing this feed to the rest of the world? Because maybe you're just some people who shared something to the ends of the earth. Maybe God is just calling us to be some people in a story that God wants to do in someone else's life. So the nations get impacted by the gospel. And then we trust God with the watering. Another thing is they were up for a difficult task, these guys. This wasn't the world where disabilities like blindness were well catered for. This was the world with funny little streets and people crowding around Jesus because he's the big show at the moment. So these some people bring a blind guy and they walk him through the crowd. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. There's no special walker dogs. There's no circumstances where this person gets preferential treatment. They have to walk him through the crowds. Just the some people. No bottom of the line mention of their names. Just some people. In his corner, saying, We know you have a desperate desire to see you again. We're going to lead you on a difficult journey, a journey of faith. It says this they begged him. Who did they beg? No, they begged Jesus just to touch this man. Amazing, they didn't beg him to heal him. It doesn't say they begged him to heal him. It just says they begged him to touch my eye because a touch of God goes far greater than even the healing of an eye. It heals and touches every part of our souls. It doesn't come into just heal my hand, heal my heart. No, it touches every part of us. But these people in his corner on that day, that day when Jesus was there, they were prepared 
to take the difficult journey and beg Jesus, to petition, to call on his name with faith. See, they put their own name out there. So we're going to bring a blind guy through a crowd to Jesus. If Jesus doesn't heal him, there's an implication, there's a challenge, there's a battle there, right? It's the same voice that speaks to your life and say, oh, should I invite that person to church? Should I pray for them in the marketplace? Should I pray for them in the boardroom? It's the same voice. But these some people, they had faith. They wanted the breakthrough. Maybe even sometimes more than the person stuck in the corner. Maybe. And they petitioned and they fought. And I'm just asking a simple question this morning. Who's in your corner? Because if there's no one in your corner, I'm telling you, get amongst people who will keep taking you to Jesus. You can have encouragers for days. You can have people who keep telling you how amazing you are. Or you can have people who keep bringing you to Jesus and allow him to tell you who you are. Is that all right? Number two, simple points today because I knew having baptisms. Will you journey with Jesus towards your healing? Will you journey with him? See, we live in an instant gratification world. I want my instant food. I want my instant love online. I want my instant everything. And then we come to Jesus and we wonder, why isn't he instant? I want my instant Bible, like I'm just plugging and I want the download so that I've got it, like I've got it. And I don't want to do the work and the challenge is it doesn't always happen like that. And we've got, you watch the documentaries of people on these journeys of life, and they're off to all sorts of climbing mountains to find their nirvana, off to sexual retreats to find their inner zen or whatever that is, and, and plastic surgery safaris to get everything in order. So you come back, you've seen the wild five and the big five, and there's some other big things. I don't know. Um, it's... Um, it's, it's this challenge that we live in a world where I, I sit with uh, someone who's just confessing and I meet them the next day and said, well, I thought it would all be sorted by now. I'm like, yeah, it is in heaven and in your relation between God, but there's some stuff on earth that's got to be worked out because unfortunately, sometimes it takes a little longer. And I realize that that's frustrating. See, it takes trust. And this is where the blind guy kicked in. This was his trust. I don't even know if he had trust on the journey to Jesus. But then Jesus said, takes Jesus, and Jesus takes him out of town. I want to find that. He says he takes him outside of the village. So I don't know if you've led a blind person before. It's not easy. We had that teamwork exercise. Maybe some of you are done. We went into the bushveld somewhere, and I remember um, being blindfolded, and this person who I hardly knew from my office now directing me while I drove a vehicle. It didn't go well. It was unfamiliar terrain. You're like, everything is a bump. It's a four by four. It's massive. And this person's going, slightly left. I mean, what slightly left? Is that 20 degrees? Is that, I'm like an excessive person that's like left and right. Next minute, you're going the wrong way. And imagine Jesus going to lead this guy. And this guy allows Jesus to lead him out of his familiar terrain. So you've got to learn to trust. See, trust will lead to a lifetime of following Jesus. But I promise you, miracles and breakthroughs can be fleeting. I've seen physical bodies, I've seen cancer leave people who then left Jesus years later. So I love miracles. The, the 10 lepers come, Jesus heals all of them. Only one came back. Now there's a bigger journey sometimes than just even the healing in the moment. It's the learning that I can trust God with every part of me for every day of my life and whatever breakthrough I require, I can keep coming to Him. 
I can keep calling on him. See, most of the time, the problem with my faith is not my belief in God. It's my inability to trust God in the delays and my impatience in his providence. Let's be honest. Is there anyone in the room that doesn't struggle with that? I don't struggle to believe God can do miracles. I don't. I've seen miracles. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen God take away cancers out of bodies. I believe that stuff, but sometimes when I'm sitting next to a hospital bed, day after day, crying out for God, there's my impatience that kicks in. I'm going, come on, God. And so this guy's walking. He's going, I'm blind. I'm with the healer. Why is he walking me out of town? He makes a choice. I'm going to trust him. Just going to trust him. But why outside the village? What if Jesus said to you today, come outside your village? What's your village? It's your comforts. It's the areas you can control. It's the relationships that you know. And it's also an identity. He was the blind guy. People felt compassion for him. They would have given to him. They would have been generous to him. They would have been kind to him. They would have understood his bumbling, fumbling around. If he didn't have the identity of the blind guy, he wouldn't have got all that stuff. The problem is we get used to our broken identity so much that when we come to the healer and he wants to take us on a journey out of the village, you say, but I like this here. I know this here. People know who I am and I know who I am. And like Charmaine, there's a testimony that God wants to get into my identity and restore and speak. And sometimes I'm telling you, he's got to take us out of the village. What you know, what's comfortable. You can feel your way around so you don't need eyes to see. My finances, my time, my relationships, I've got it all under control. I don't even need to see. And Jesus says, I want you to see. Forget what you can control. I remember for the first number of years when I stepped out of the corporate world into the church, and I'm talking probably like 10 years, people would ask me, what do you do? And you know how I'd answer? I wouldn't go, well, I'm a pastor of what I think is the best church in the world. You know how I'd answer? I'd say, well, I used to be a business guy for this company. And then I made the move into ministry. Why? Because I was insecure about the fact that they might think less of me. And it generally wasn't someone I met at church, by the way. It was generally a business guy who I wanted for whatever reason to think something slightly higher of me, something slightly more than just a pastor. And so one day Jesus said, why do you always lead with that story? Why do you lead with that story? Jesus isn't looking for people who believe in healing. Many religions believe in healing. Jesus is looking for people who believe in him. Amen. And there is a difference. And we want to see miracles, but God wants to move us from just a church who believes in healing. We get so excited about healing. I want to get excited about him, that I'm on a journey with him, and that he is taking me on that journey. On the other side of that journey, I will see again. Amen. Lastly, will you let God heal you? Because if you like your identity of being broken and being you're going to struggle with, well, what if he heals me? And then my whole identity is going to be uprooted. And I've got to rework that whole thing. And now I've got people that have got to work it out. And who are you? And all this stuff. See, imagine someone walked up to you and said, I want to spit in your eye. Even before Corona, I would have said, no. Nope. There must be a Corona Bible somewhere where that spitting thing is out. I mean, it's like, surely that is not acceptable in these days. And yet, 
It's just the start. Jesus said, just a little bit of spit in your eye. One day you're going to be fully immersed in me. Fully immersed. Fully, fully immersed. And let's just work out that thing of spit because there's no one in the commentators could give me a definitive answer. For me, there's only two people that I will gladly and freely engage in my spit with. First of all, my children, when they get things in their eyes. And I'll put spit on my thumb and I'll wipe out their eyes. And they're the only people in the world who will let me do that because I'm their dad. And then there's the intimacy of a kiss with my wife. Those are the only people. Why? Because in the spit, there is intimacy. There is nearness, there is closeness, and there is perfection in Jesus. Seeing Jesus spits in his eye. I mean, imagine the guy sitting there going, ah, sounds dodge. I'm like, I'm like, I'm out of here. Quincy starts running. Go, whoa, whoa. I'm out of there. You start making that noise. My eyes are closed. I'm gone. I'm like, whoa. But he stays there. He stays there. So Jesus, Jesus puts spit in his eye, and then it just says he touches him. It's amazing. Jesus says, do you see anything? You know that question you ask when you pray for someone who's like, see anything? You go behind the deaf guy who just prayed for him, you're like, I have done it all. And, and, and he says, he says uh, I see people, but they're more like moving trees. I mean, he's not at a hippie conference and I was walking around. It's like, it's what he sees. No, it's, he's not there. So Jesus knows this healing's not complete. Are you okay with the healing not being complete today or this second or this moment, but there's been healing. You couldn't see people walking around like cheese three seconds ago. So Jesus does an amazing thing. He just says, he places his hand on him one more time, once more. He just places his hand on him, just once more. Once more, he makes himself available. He doesn't go to the man and say, where's your faith? I'm Jesus, the healer. Churches and Christians can be unkind sometimes. We struggle with the delays ourselves and other people's lives, so we start trying to put something on them that they can never carry rather than set them free to take on more what Jesus wants them to carry. No, no, no anger, no presumption, no impatience. And it's amazing. It says the eyes were opened, they were fully restored. That's our desire. But I love the way Jesus finishes. Don't even go into a village. Don't go back. I didn't heal you so you can go back into your comforts, your, 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 your conveniences, the places you, you find your identity so that you can just become better at who you were. I've set you free and I'm healing you to set you on into all that I've got you so that God gets all the glory. You get no glory. It doesn't matter what you did before. It matters who you are today and it matters who God has made you to be. Healed, restored. Jesus doesn't heal us for us to go back. He heals us so we can go on. Love the test me. Set free. Just three simple points this morning as we close. And I'm asking you a question this morning. Is your miracle in motion? Which means we trust the process, which means we pull back a little bit and it's not Monday. Where is my miracle? Tuesday, saw something yesterday, Wednesday, ah, so frustrated with God. Thursday, oh God, Friday, oh God, you actually did it. No, we relax and we rest in the goodness of God, Amen. in the promise and the providence of God. 
in the knowledge that he is God and I'm just a man? And will I let God be God in my life? So three simple things this morning. Who's in your corner? Think about it. When stuff goes down in your life and it's big stuff with big implications, who do you go to? Do you go to the person who just comes back to you immediately without even listening? You're amazing. Just keep moving forward. Obviously, everyone else is wrong. Or do you go to someone who says, well, let's go to the Bible and let's see Jesus and let's let Jesus speak into your circumstance, your brokenness, your situation. I don't want to go to the Bible. I was at church on Sunday. No, let's go to the presence of God again. Let's go there. And people are attacking and, they, and then you're reminded, but actually, doesn't the Bible say pray for your enemies? Ah. Secondly, will you journey with Jesus? Come with me outside of the town. Come away from your comforts. Come away from your smallness. Come away from the relationships you find such security in. Come away. Lastly, will you let God heal you? Yeah. I'm being serious. Oh, God's God. He can do what he wants. No. Will you journey with him? Will you let him, if he wanted to spit in your eye, would you let the God of all creation who spat into the dust of this earth and brought us from the dust of this earth because of his life inside of him, would you let him spit in your eye? Because if not, I'm telling you, he's not God in your story. He's a healer. He is an encourager. But he's not God. These people make decisions to make a public statement, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, and get fully immersed in water from the top of their head to the bottom of their toes, saying, everything is yours, God. If you want to walk me blind up a mountain, I'll follow your voice, your hand, your touch. Why? Because I know at the end of the journey, it is better for me and your kingdom that you're moving on. Spit in the eye, just a taste of Jesus. Completely covered thousand times better this guy got our side we get life can you stand with me this morning as we close I make it sound like it was a once-off time God spoke and challenged me about my response I was a business guy started off this did this and then only like no it was time after time after time again so I actually very seldom, if ever, mention it in a preach. I ever, because God spoke to me and said, I've called you to something. Which means you've got to leave some things behind. You've got to let go of the village. What have you got to let go of so you can take a hold of Jesus? So that he can take you on a journey to sight, to wholeness. What do you got to let go of? Can we close our eyes just for a second this morning? Because I believe God wants to heal. You're in this house, Jesus. Spirit of God, come right now. If you need physical healing this morning, I can't speak about Jesus as a physical healer without offering you a touch from Him. I, I can touch you and doctors can touch you, but only Jesus can touch you. If you need physical healing this morning, if you're at home or you're here in the room this morning, why don't you lift your hands as a sign of faith. This is going out of the village. This is leaving your seat. This is trusting Jesus saying, God, whatever it is I want, what you and only you can do.
Spirit of God, you are here. Have your way amongst your people. Have your way, God. Come and heal. Jehovah, Jehovah, we worship you. Come and touch everybody now. Alignment in spines. Order where there is disorder. Peace where there is chaos. Peace where there is chaos. Where there was chaos and the winds blowing and the seas on said, you spoke two words, be still. We say be still to wombs now. Be still to bodies now. Be still to blood disorders now. Be still. Be still. But what about the stuff people can't see? The things you can't go to doctors for? Would you trust Jesus to spit in your eye? Would you touch, trust Him to touch you and take you on a journey? Would you leave the village behind? Find people in your corner pointing to Him. Not to solutions or Google, but Jesus. If you need that kind of healing this morning, I want to pray for you. The deeper healing that only the lover of your soul can touch this morning. Won't you lift your hands if that's you this morning? I want to pray for us this morning. If depression's been at the door, anxiety is knocking. Jesus. Come, Spirit of God. Your miracle's in motion this morning. We worship you. We give you all glory and honor in this place. Heal your people, God, I pray. Take them by the hand and lead them, God. Speak and blow and, and breathe your life upon them. Settle in security now. Settle it. Just once and for all, settle it, God. Where we hide our limps behind us and lead with our strong side. I pray, God, would you come and settle us to trust you with our strengths and our weaknesses. Our broken days and our victorious days. Our mountaintops and our valleys low. We trust you, God. We trust you, God. Will you say that with me? Will you, I trust you, God. No, you've got to say it. You've got to shout it to the heavens. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. He's healing. 